Warning, this episode contains foul language and spoilers for Back to the Future, The Time Machine, and The Terminator franchise. for all things strange, unusual, paranormal, supernatural, creepy, sticky, gross, scary, and everything in between. I'm your host, Ashley, and each week I have the pleasure of sitting down with one of my friends and chatting about something weird. This week is part two of our time travel episode. I'm joined once again by the handsomest of Joes, and last week he taught us all about time and space. What is space-time and how does it work? How would a person potentially travel to another time? How does velocity, speed, and gravity work together? What is the difference between a wormhole and a black hole? And I have to say, Joey did such a great job explaining these concepts to us. I really was super proud of the work that he put into the show. And then comes this week. Madigan is here with us from the podcast Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, and she's going to be telling us all about some real people who think they have time traveled or claim to be professional time travelers and it gets wonky. But I'm going to start out the episode diving into time paradoxes and the different things we'd have to worry about if time travel ever does exist. Or, you know, maybe it exists already. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will be taking a week off next week because I have some trips coming up, but we come back with a bang because Mr. Southern Vamp himself, my good friend Billy, is going to be joining Joe and I to teach us about werewolves. We love you guys so much. Enjoy the show and have a great week. Okay, so time travel paradox is my main topic today, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's also known as a time paradox or a temporal paradox, and it's basically a contradiction that is associated with the ideas of time and time travel, Um, and there are four types of paradox that I'm going to cover today, the causal loop, the grandfather paradox, which also the butterfly effect lies under that, Mm -hmm. the Fermi paradox, and the Newcomb's paradox i'm so so excited i'm going to be exploring these paradoxes in as layman of terms as possible and i'm going to be using some famous time travel movies to describe them which (gasps) is where you're going to be lost (laughs) because i'm going to use so many references that you're not going to i know one in a sequel and that's it but i'm gonna nod along and smile and i'm gonna act like i know what's going on yeah yes i'll look cute it's fine you'll be charmed (laughs) (laughs) always So I'm going to start with the causal loop, which is one of my favorite paradoxes. Uh, It's also known as the predestination paradox. Okay. A causal loop is a paradox that occurs when a future event is the cause of a past event. 
Yeah. So both events exist in space time, but no one can tell when the actual origin is. Chicken or the egg. Chicken or the egg. Exactly. A causal loop could involve an event, a person, an object, or even information. My favorite example of the causal loop in science fiction is the Terminator series, specifically The Terminator and Terminator 2 Judgment Day, which Joe and I just watched back to back like three weeks ago, and it was so much fun. For, for the 800,000th time Oh, in yeah. My life. So but Max and I will watch it for the first time. I know. I hate this. that I'm about to ruin it for you. It's okay. But like not really, because if you know anything about Terminator, honestly, you'll probably know. I I don't mind spoilers. Like, there's certain things where I don't want spoilers, but like with major movies, twists, and I always stuff. I want to know how they get there. You know what I mean? Even if like The Sixth Sense, first time I saw it, I knew I saw it very late in life. I knew the ending, but I was still shocked, and I wanted to go back and rewatch and find those little moments that gave me clues to the sure. end. Right. So I'm still going to be looking for all. Those well, clues. luckily, the thing is about the Terminator is that this is all laid out for you close to immediately. Great. So it's not something that it's you're going to be like, this, is, not really. this no. is a twist. Okay. So in the Terminator, Kyle Reese is sent back in time by a man named John Connor to save his mother, Sarah Connor, from the Terminator, who is sent back to kill her. If she dies, John Connor never exists. And John Connor is the leader of the resistance and basically the only reason human beings are still alive. Okay, so great. he has to exist. So in the end, Kyle Reese does succeed. He saves Sarah Connor. Technically, she saves herself because she is crushes the T-800. Badass woman. Oh, she's totally badass, especially in the second movie. So also, she, at the end of Terminator, is pregnant because her and Kyle Reese uh, did the dirty. I did the So dirty. in Terminator 2, Judgment Day, we find out the Skynet is building the very first Terminator because they found a crushed machine in the factory and they're replicating its technology. So, Kyle Reese being John Connor's father, John Connor would never exist without Kyle Reese being sent back in time and the Terminator machine would never exist without the T-800 being sent back in time. So, where did it start? There had to have been an origin, but it's not possible because John Connor's father was Kyle Reese who wasn't even born when Sarah Connor was impregnated with his sperm <laughs> to By have John sperm. Connor. <laughs> yes. There is, the thing is, is like there is no origin event, is what you have to understand. It's always happened this way, which seems absolutely impossible when you think of time as linear, like you were saying, past, present, and future. Right. If you think of it that way... That's not possible. There's no way that the very first time this happened, it happened this way, but it did. Um, if you think of time, how it actually is nonlinear, everything that's ever happened or will happen is happening right now. And it's not somewhere, somewhere. And you just have to find that place. Right. So that's how the causal loop is able to happen. And it's also crazy to think about Terminator 2 uh, Judgment Day because they spend the entire movie trying to prevent a war with the machines. Uh -huh. If they did that, John Connor would prevent his own existence because he would eliminate the reason for his dad to travel back in time and conceive him. And if he does prevent his own existence, he wouldn't be around to prevent the war and so Such on and so on struggle. and so on. So it has to happen this way 
every single time. And also, this kind of stuff makes your head explode. But it's interesting to think about, especially if you're a fan of the franchise, that Kyle Reese and the T-800 weren't sent back to change the past. They were sent back to fulfill their destiny, in Mm -hmm. a sense. They were sent back to just, like, fulfill their roles in history. Mm -hmm. Like, fulfill their their present needs by going back in time. Pretty much, yeah. Like, they weren't, you know, because in the first movie, they're trying to, like, change the past. Yeah. But really, once you see it all unfold, you're like, oh, no, this is just, they have to do this. This is how it happens. This is just how it happens. Yeah. So that's wild. I'm so um, excited to see that movie now. Oh, it's great. You'll love it. I know I will. The first one is more suspense thriller. The second one is like action sci-fi. So they're two completely different genres, but they're both really wonderful. Okay. I know what I'm doing tonight when I get home. So another example would be- Really quickly, um, yes. before you jump into an, another oh, yeah. example of this paradox or uh-huh. a different one? This one. Oh, continue then. Because before you move on to the next one, let me know. Because okay. I have something that I do need to throw into the, sure. the causal paradox. So uh, another Another example would be The Time Machine, which is a very tragic movie. Um, in the 2002 remake, a scientist witnesses his fiance getting killed by a mugger who's trying to steal her engagement ring. Basically, imagine the scene in every single Batman movie yeah. <laughs> where his parents die. That's what happens in this movie. It's that. Can't Anyways, stop it from happening. Can't stop it from going. happening. But anyway, after the science devotes his, the scientist, sorry, devotes his entire life to building a time machine to go back and save the woman that he loves, he finally succeeds and he goes back to save her. And no matter how many times he does it, she dies. Yeah. She will. Because she had to die. She had to die. She had to die. Because the time machine wouldn't exist if she hadn't died. (gasps) Because he spent his entire life working on this time machine to save her. Right. So in order for it to exist, she had to die. There's actually a really... Sweet quote from the movie. Um, a character said to him, you built your time machine because of her death. If she had lived, it would have never existed. So how could you use your machine to go back and save her? You are the inescapable result of your own tragedy. Yeah. So, the, yeah, there's no way that she can live. Yeah. Because he wouldn't be back in time. And he, he did build the time machine and he does build the time machine. He's always building and he's using always the time building machine. and using he needs it therapy in order to be there. He needs, yeah. he needs really, Jesus. he, he needs, needs Jesus and he, he needs a good therapist. And he needs to like go through the stages of grief. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm just saying. Really, he's just going to the one the avoidance. Really yes. what he needs is Tinder. For being honest, yeah. just get back out there, there man. There are so just many other get bitches. Get back out there. There's a lot of thirsty bitches out there who would be more than happy to get their claws on a scientist. Exactly. Right? Exactly. That's Can I say exactly. that on your podcast? Would that? Right. How would your the audience kind of respond to, to my verbiage? There, my audience is real as fuck, yo. Go on. This. That was all my. I, I want to hear what That's you have it. to say about causality. Yeah, well, it's it's important when when examining causality to to not draw false correlations. Mm-hmm. The statistic phrase "correlation does not imply causation." Uh, refers to the inability to legitimately deduce a cause and effect relationship between two variables mm. solely based on their relationship. So here's a really cool example that I came across of that that I've wanted to share with you. If you were for for scientific purposes, let's let's use this analogy to to kind of illustrate how easy it would be to draw a, a 
false cause and effect correlation between two things. If I tell, if I say to you the sentence, people who eat an ice cream cone are more likely to drown that day. Huh? Crazy, right? Excuse people me? who eat an ice cream cone. What about an ice cream cup? On any given day, oh, yeah. on any given day, people who eat an ice cream cone are more likely to drown. Now, if you were to draw a fall, you're, the first thing your brain goes to is Why? You, you somehow drown in your ice cream. <laughs> yeah, right. That's that's not what. <laughs> or that you means. went swimming too soon after eating. Or yes. you went swim or too too soon after. Kiss. Exactly. You draw that correlation. That that co- I'm sorry. It's that cause and effect correlation specifically, yeah. but it's true. Because, think of it this way, you are more likely to eat an ice cream cone when it's hot outside. You are more likely to go swimming when it's hot outside. So therefore, by deductive reasoning, you are more likely to drown on a hot day and you are also more likely to have an ice cream, an ice cream cone, cone on a hot day. Than Why are you trying to fuck day. with me, Joe? Crazy, <laughs> yeah. right? So that's, that's how easy it is in science to draw a false correlation or to, to create a false cause and effect. Crazy, right? That is crazy. Just wanted to share that. I I'm really gonna like that use, I'm going to use that. I'm gonna. That's gonna be my new like party tidbit, <laughs> like a riddle. Yeah. Like, hey guys, you're like. This is why people don't. You're icebreaker. This is why people don't invite me places. This is why I'm like, you walk in home with like, my dogs every night. The next time somebody trots things. out that same Oedipus riddle, like what walks on four legs in the morning, it's like, bitch, people who eat ice cream cones are more likely to drown. <laughs> Tell my, me why? What? Why? <laughs> and then I'll never be invited back again. We'll be like that. Story. Madigan girl is weird. Is she from the future? <laughs> Story of my life. The tragedies of Madigan. <laughs> the tragedy of Haggerty. Okay. That rhymes and that's brilliant. You can use that. That's going to be... Okay, so gonna sorry your, to go like, off topic again, but like my pun is Madigan's Madigan. My Instagram is she's Madigan. So I, I get mad at Kathleen Madigan, who uh-huh. uses my who uses fucking Madigan. pun. Uh-huh. So you just gave me a You're new... Welcome. The tragedy like, of Haggerty. Tragedy is Haggerty. New life. And there could be nothing more true about the Haggerty family. <laughs> like it just you just encompassed the whole history of my family in one. Say, this is gonna be phrase. the title of your book. Your yeah. Irish family is just one long, depressing James Joyce novel. They're after just another. really they're really there drunk. There's no hope. It's like August Osage County. There is no hope. Everyone <laughs> yeah, dies. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, just credit me in the book or whatever. It's fine. Just like put a thank you. Totally. I'm gonna kind of use your picture on the front of it and say it's me. Yeah, 100. percent Great. Okay, let's move on. But only with my old age face app. <laughs> Thanks, Instagram. Where you just like glam as fuck. Yeah. I love it. Okay, so another popular temporal paradox is the grandfather paradox, love it. which is also known as the consistency paradox. And it occurs when the past is changed in any way, which creates a contradiction. A time traveler can do anything that did happen, but can't do anything that didn't happen. Doing something that didn't happen results in the contradiction. The best example we've already talked about is in Back to the Future. Marty McFly, who is a total accidental time traveler, um, messes up the beginning of his parents' relationship so badly that he literally starts fading away real time. Right. Um, if his parents never fall in love and never start a relationship and get married and have babies, he does not exist. Not even in the past because he wouldn't exist in the present to go back to the past. Right. 
Uh, and this is actually um, right here is why it's called the grandfather paradox, because the idea is if a person goes back in time and kills their own grandfather before the conception of their father or mother uh, would prevent the time traveler's existence. Right. So it would not be possible. Because the time traveler traveled through time. Because the it time traveler is there. Yeah. It happened. So the time traveler has to always travel through time. Yeah, exactly. It also brings up the idea of a self-correcting universe. Like the universe is constantly correcting Ironing itself. out its own wrinkles. Yeah. yeah. So maybe you did go back in time and kill your grandfather before he even meets your grandmother. But your grandfather would turn out to be like an early sperm do- sperm do- sperm sperm mm-hmm. donor yeah, <laughs> or something. He spurned the conventions <laughs> of the day and donated sperm. And sperm. Yeah. yeah. And would still manage to impregnate your grandmother because you have to exist in order to have shot him in the first place. That no would matter- make a great movie. Yeah. No matter what you do. Let's write it tonight. The end result Always stays the, the same. same. Under the grandfather paradox lies two other problems. A paradox known as the Hitler murder paradox. I wonder why. <laughs> and one known as the butterfly effect. So the Hitler. Why is it called? I'm sorry. Why is it called the Hitler murder paradox? Well, because uh, it's very similar in that the time traveler goes back in time to like change something significant right. uh, that has already happened. Like if they would have murdered Hitler. Then those things wouldn't have happened. Then Therefore, the Nazis yeah. never rise to power mm-hmm. in Germany. World War Two never happened. Exactly. So, unlike the grandfather paradox, which we assume would self-correct despite our best efforts, the change that we want to affect in this paradox is more technically feasible, but still super problematic. So Hitler's not related to me. So I could go back in time and I could kill Hitler. It's not going to affect me yeah. that I know of. I mean, it's it not would going want to, to come back to me. the future, probably. Yeah. So the name comes from the idea, again, that one could theoretically go back in time, kill Hitler before the Holocaust happened, thus preventing the murder of the six million people that he killed, World War II, everything, uh, which sounds super groovy, except that it could lead to some kind of downward spiraling domino effect. There would have been somebody else. There would have been something else. thousand other negative consequences. You think about all of the people that died. Yeah. All of those people would still need to die. All yeah. of those people theoretically <laughs> so would still die well, in some way. And yeah. like plague I feel like, or another leader or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. That's just gonna say like Hitler's theology and like the way that he went about things would still happen no matter what to some people, I feel like. And if Hitler would have died, then it would have happened, like you said, in some other it way. could have been maybe, worse. Maybe if it wasn't those specific people. I mean, it's, it happens all the time still today that there are still groups of people that are being murdered in large Persecuted, amounts because yeah. of who they are. Filled. Yeah, so it's like, but if that wouldn't have happened, I feel like we wouldn't have a benchmarker of being like, of comparison. Exactly. Like comparing the concentration camps that we have right now in the U.S. When mm-hmm. you use that word, there's gravity to what's happening where if that had never happened and we weren't aware of it, we wouldn't have the understanding that we have now. Not saying that those people should have like, deserved no, to die or that not. it ever should have happened but we wouldn't have the i guess the the ruler we, we that we wouldn't have, have now to yeah. gauge things we wouldn't you know? have the timeline yeah. we wouldn't be able to say like oh you know it didn't start with murdering six million people it started 
this way started with yeah. propaganda and it started with like you know uh, a, a complete distrust of you know the, the media and yeah you know and what I mean? somebody like it started and somebody with these else would have would have done it yeah. yeah that's like a really common thing though I was watching some stand-up comic and I, I'm sorry I don't remember who it was but it was like somebody saying that like if they were to go back and kill Hitler like I feel like that's just a very common thing that people say like oh well if you were to see Hitler walking around wouldn't you kill him like it's, that kind uh, of thing it's John Mulaney John Mulaney John Mul- I love yeah. John Mulaney <laughs> I have such love for that man I yeah, cannot even he's express a this, is, this is a John Mulaney household so this oh, is, yeah you're, you're, in, a, love you're in good company can we yeah. all can we just like binge all of his oh, stand up yeah. uh, we know probably every word Clo- to close his, to it yeah. so you're Big Mouth stand-up. fans yes I am Joe is you don't like Big Mouth it's too it's too grotesque for it's a little too gross for me I'm literally like when can I show this to my teenage children and scar them and teach them things at the same time? I don't have children, but in the future when I have children. Right. I'm going to be like, sit down, kids. Sit down. We're about to learn some stuff. You're about to learn about way too much. A whole bunch. So yeah, so like, not only, like maybe they didn't have to die. Maybe you changed the past in in a way that this is an alternate timeline and those six million people don't actually have to end up dying. There still could be problems. Could right. be something with uh, overpopulation. We could have a bigger problem with overpopulation today. We could have a bigger problem. A bigger problem. We live with in LA, actually. <laughs> I know. What am I doing here? But yeah, and, and like you said, without seeing the rise of Hitler and uh, you know the Third Reich or alt right, if that's what you want to call him, I mean. and the warning signs that something <laughs> you know something even larger could happen with an even more powerful tyrant. So. That's the the problem with killing Hitler. That kind of thing can also be known as the butterfly effect. Mm -hmm. Changing something in the past. I have seen that movie. No matter how small. I love that movie too. And don't make fun of me. That movie literally gave my best friend appendicitis. (laughs) The end credits credits rolled and my best friend immediately went, (laughs) and like doubled over and was like, And then he literally had to go to the hospital and have an emergency appendectomy. And the doctor was like, "It's because." Did you go see Butterfly Effect? Effect? Here's the problem, right here. I see you recently watched Ashton Kutcher in the Butterfly Effect. It's a great movie, Joe. Yeah, it's a great movie. That's true. Execution not as great, Mm -hmm. but great concept. So, the Butterfly Effect. Is a little different because the killing of Hitler would be something like monumental. The butterfly effect is is a very small change that ends up creating sets off a series of a increasingly huge, large yeah. changes, which is what I said about change. Back to the Future. Exactly, but also uh, this is kind of interesting. I didn't know this. The theory did not get its name from the idea that a butterfly flapping its wings in Brazil could affect weather in Texas, although that is true and that's <gasps> crazy. <laughs> that's a thing. Um, that just turned me on a little bit, right? That's crazy. Tiny little butterfly wing tornado in Texas. But the term actually came from a short story, one of my favorite short stories of all time by Ray Bradbury called The Sound of Thunder. And um, I love this short story. Uh, Essentially, time travel exists. There's a time travel like safari company. So you can go and you can pay to go back in time, take this time machine, go back in time, and you can hunt a T-Rex. (gasps) Oh. But there's all these parameters in yeah. place. Like you have to stay on basically like way back when they have these like floating metal sidewalks that are 
I don't know. They use some sort of sciencey thing Back to get then, keep them off. Futuristic. So you don't step on anything. You're not actually like there, really. You're just yeah. kind of floating above the ground, and you're allowed to. You're not allowed to take anything, but you're allowed to shoot a T Rex. But it has to be one that's already been marked that's going to die soon. And the reason for that is that like it's already going to die. You're not killing something that wouldn't have died without you being there. Yeah. And you have to kill it sort of in the area that it would have died so that all of the life that thrived off of this dead animal, off of this carcass, it. can still receive it. You didn't actually change anything, but you get to like, yeah, you get to shoot a T-Rex. Um, it's men that do this. I don't know if that was clear. Um, <laughs> but, uh, well, women probably weren't allowed, but whatever. True. It's fine. So uh, this guy goes back and uh, the he, he kind of stumbles. He can't quite shoot the T-Rex when the time comes and the T-Rex spooks him kind of falls off the path a little bit comes back to the future and when he gets back to the future the sky is red and the air smells weird and you find out he like looks down he's he's got mud on his shoe and he stepped on a butterfly so that one butterfly you think about like who cares? It's like one butterfly. Yeah. But think about like all of that butterfly's offspring. Think about all uh, for millions of years, how many trees would have been pollinated from not just that butterfly, but every descendant of that butterfly. Mm -hmm. We literally had less oxygen on Earth millions of years later because this one butterfly died. Wow. So that's where the butterfly effects name comes from like wow. that theory I didn't Isn't that nuts? that's amazing so that is the grandfather theory uh the newcomb's paradox this one is actually super confusing but i'll do my best so newcomb's paradox is also known as newcomb's problem and it's a thought experiment involving a game between two players one of whom purports to be able to predict the future now, the entire experiment revolves around rational and irrational decision-making and free will. And it's like, it's one of those thought experiments that's just like a philosophy trash fire and I can't even begin to get into it. So right. I'll like post a video of it later because it doesn't really matter when it comes to time travel. If you're interested, you can like look this up. But Newcomb's Paradox deals with the future and knowledge of future events. So if a person truly knows the future and that knowledge affects his or her decisions, then events in the future will be causing effects in the past. So, which then would suggest that there can be no free will and the chooser will do whatever he's fated to do. Right. So if you know your future... You're going to do exactly what you're going to do exactly. Yeah. Or you're going to change it or you won't even know. You'll think you're you think you're trying to change it. But in reality, what came to be comes to be because you always are trying to change it in that moment. Whatever will be will be. Exactly. Philosophers also argue that this paradox shows that it's impossible to ever know the future because of free will and determinism. If we knew what events happen in the future, we would do whatever we could to change them, at least some of them. Which in turn would change the future, which means we can't actually see the future. Yeah. Or if what you were saying, maybe no matter what we do, the outcome ends up the same. So say say you find out you're going to drown 
you don't know like exactly like what the circumstances are, but you know that you are going to die because you drown. So you avoid water your entire life. And somehow by avoiding water so vehemently, you end up falling into a river and drowning because you never learned how to swim. Right. And if you hadn't avoided water all that time, you would have taught yourself how to swim. So we're going you into the Natalie Wood conspiracies right Yes, now. exactly. I so you, Christopher Walken. No. I already have an episode oh, on that. Shit. Newcomb's paradox also brings in the thought experiment of Schrodinger's cat. Which, you know, the cat is simultaneously dead and alive until you open the box to uh-huh. discover what timeline you're on. So maybe you see the future and you take actions to change your course, but there's still some sort of alternate timeline where that future exists. It's a lot. So my final paradox is the Fermi paradox. And it's named after physicist Enrico Fermi. And it's actually originally about extraterrestrials. And we talk about it, I believave in one of our alien yeah. episodes, don't we? Yeah, it uh, stipulates that uh, if there are if space is infinite and there are infinite number of planets and galaxies, then it's mathematically not just probable, but there has to be intelligent life elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if there has to be so much intelligent life teeming in the galaxies, then where are they? Where are they and why Can I fangirl for a quick second? Yeah. Okay, my favorite episodes you guys do either have Handsome Joe <laughs> or your friend Tyler, I believe. Tyler Shulky. I follow him on Instagram and I feel like a stalker, <laughs> Tyler, but like his famous. episodes that you guys have, I don't yeah, know, whenever so I funny. hear that he's a guest, I'm like, okay, listening immediately. I don't know why, I just, I love you both so much and I'm Tyler's fangirling wonderful. right now, it's fine. Tyler's but you guys mentioned that episode, I'm like, <gasps> I listened to that one. Oh, oh my God, God, I heard oh that God. one. <laughs> <laughs> I listened Give to it me in my all bedroom. the behind the scenes scoop. So how does it not, I've never heard it not applied to Well, you can uh, apply it to uh, time travel because the Fermi paradox, uh, when applied to time travel, says if time travel were possible, where are all the time travelers? Yeah. And wouldn't, well, I'll tell you wouldn't in a we minute. have seen them? I know, <laughs> I'll right? I'll tell you in a minute. This leads directly into your <laughs> okay, stories, great, which is great. why I made it last, because I was like, this is perfect. This leads right into it. Perfect. So uh, it's a valid question, but there are several arguments to make that make this paradox kind of irrelevant, because, you know, valid reasons why we haven't met any time travelers. One, the Fermi paradox is... is on to something time traveler is never invented that's a possibility it's just not humanly possible or even more likely we destroy ourselves before we ever get to the point of creating a time machine global warming global warming maybe we the idea that uh time travel is only possible to the future which is something that most theoretical that was physicists my next believe. Oh, I didn't mean to step no, on okay. you there. I'm sorry. Wow, Joe. But yeah, wow. the time travel wow. to the past is actually impossible because you can't travel to a time where time travel is not yet a thing. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, there's um, th- one thing is a time machine's created but can't travel backwards past the date of its creation. Exactly. So uh, if it's built in January of 2095, it can't travel backwards past January 2095 because it doesn't exist. Is Well, but if it exists in that time, isn't isn't a time machine a physical being? Yeah. So, so you can why technically can it... take it with you. Right. So <laughs> like if you're, let's say you're in DeLorean, and you were to take it. This is my only frame of reference. And if you <laughs> were to the take only time it, travel movie I've seen back to 
the year 1900, let's say. Yeah. You still have that physical being with you. Mm-hmm. So couldn't you within that that physical object go back at in the past and then go back to the future? Because you have it already. It's already been created. Yeah. I then, mean, why, kind then of- why can't you go back... Why can you only go back to when it was created? Does that I, make yeah. sense? I, I wish that I understood the answer to that better. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. I do because I'd love to theory. be like, well, it's because, unfortunately, I cannot. That's the whole like paradox is where it's like if you can only go back to when it's created. I don't know. There's something with me where I'm like, well, but if you already have like you have a physical thing. It's not yeah. just an idea. You have a physical time machine. Why can't that be the vehicle that takes you back and forth true and some theories allow that some theories totally allow being able to go back in time okay but some theories are like no 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 it wouldn't work because of xyz yeah okay i'm I'm on your team i think that you absolutely could if it was possible okay um another thing is uh the third reason we might not have met a time traveler it might be illegal to travel to the past. Okay. Specifically due to the butterfly effect. We have no idea what kind of changes would incur and we could end up destroying our entire existence. Right. So it could literally be like, no, it's illegal. You can't go in the past. You can only go in the future. If time travel exists, it's not going to be like old Pappy Jones gets to time travel. Like it's going to be like... Very specific people get to, t- not everyone's going to get to get in a time machine. It's Again, like, we'll way get to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will get true. to it. <laughs> so the last one, there are time travelers. This is like a theory okay. of why we've never met a time traveler. Okay. There are time travelers, but we have no idea what kind of laws and regulations there will be in terms of observation and interaction. It might be illegal to interact with anyone in the past. Mm-hmm. You can only observe and report back. Time machines, like I said, won't be available willy-nilly. Sorry. For anyone who wants to hop in and take a trip. <laughs> I just burped like nine times. You did. <laughs> that was epic. That was great. It will most likely be available to, uh, like, say it was invented like today, it would probably be only for astronauts. CIA and Donald Trump historians true or a specialized trained team to actually like do the time travel which is how it should be oh yeah like you should be all of those things minus the Donald Trump that I interjected you should be all of those things you should be a historian you should like be a scientist part of the CIA yeah all of those things where like everything is all locked down as Trusted as possible. As trusted as possible, but also just like you need to really, 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 really understand the repercussions of mistakes. Yeah, I agree. Especially if you're going in the past. Don't fuck my shit up just because you want to go to the wild, wild west. Yeah, right. With Will Smith and Kevin Klein. Klein. It was yeah. like James. I was like Kevin James. <laughs> anyway, that's a so. parallel timeline where it's Will Smith and Kevin James <laughs> starring in the film Wild Wild I West. I love it. Uh, which so that paradox is a really great lead into your topic today. Me. Is- All right. Well, I'm here to tell you guys about some people who have claimed to travel through. I'm here to talk to you today about nut bars. <laughs> oh, no, just nutty, nutty nut bars. Okay, do you do you two have any like? Do you know of any of these stories? Have you looked anything up? Do you no, know? I, I maybe once you start 
talking, I might be like, I've heard of this before. Okay. But I don't think I have. I purposefully did not do research uh, into stay this. With me. Yeah. Okay, great. All right. So the first one I'm going to talk about is the Moberly Jourdain incident. Okay. So in 1901, Charlotte Ann Moberly and her friend Eleanor Jourdain, they worked together at an all-female St. Hughes College in Oxford. They decided to visit the Palace of Versailles. When they reached Petit, and by the way, I have never taken a French class. All of these places (laughs) are French. (laughs) No. I'm going to butcher it. It's okay. Can either of you correct me? Joe might be able to. I could, but I won't. That's why I looked directly at Joe. No, I want you to. I just had a feeling. What a a change. It would make me sound like less of an idiot to, I don't know. Okay. So when they reached Petit Trianon, a small manor house on the grounds, which wa- which once housed Marie Antoinette, some weird shit started happening. Interesting. While strolling through the gardens, they got lost. Instead of going down Main Street, they went down an alley where Moberly saw a woman on a nearby window shaking a white cloth. Jourdain saw an old abandoned farmhouse with an old plow in front of it. The women also reported having a sudden feeling of oppression and dreariness, which I'm like... Okay. 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 All right. (laughs) They approached a man they assumed was a palace gardener and asked for directions. Further down the alley, Jourdain saw an old cottage and a woman with a young girl standing in the doorway. She describes the pair as looking artificial, like wax sculptures. She's quoted saying, everything suddenly looked unnatural, therefore unpleasant. Even the trees seemed to become flat and lifeless, like woodworked tapestry. There were no effects of light and shade, and no wind stirred the trees. They then came along a man sitting near a garden kiosk wearing a cloak and a large shady hat. It's father time. Right. (laughs) They describe him as most repulsive. Uh. (laughs) It's expression odious. His complexion was dark and rough, which I'm like, (laughs) racist. Yeah, I was going to say. What is that supposed to mean? He means he was Algerian. (laughs) Yeah, right. They're like disgusting. That's gross. I'm not going near that. Jourdain recounts that when he turned his face was covered in smallpox. She says the expression was evil and yet unseeing. And though I did not feel he was looking particularly at us, I felt a repugnance to go past him. Lastly, they reached Petit Trianon, where they saw a lady stretching out in the grass in front of a chateau. Moberly claims this woman to be Marie Antoinette. Jourdain denies seeing her. Jourdain was like, I'm not that crazy. I'm, I'm a little crazy, Don't but I'm not that crazy. Don't let me in with her. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, at the end of this experience, they entered the manor and joined the other, quote, real guests. So what the hell happened? The women kept, yeah, so they kept this to themselves for a while. Smart. Because they were like, this is some weird (laughs) shit I just experienced, right? So a week later, they get together and Moberly's kind of like, Jordan, this place seems kind of haunted to me. And Jordan's like, yeah, this place seems kind of fucking haunted to me too. So they take a few months, about three months, they say, and they kind of wrote their own separate accounts. They were like, okay, well, we're not going to talk about it yet because we don't want to influence each other. So they each wrote separate accounts of what they experienced, which is why maybe uh, Moberly experienced something that Jordan did not experience. So they start doing some research on the history of the Palace of Versailles, particularly Petit Trianon. And they say that they think that they may have traveled back to August 10th, 19... I wrote 1972. (laughs) (laughs) 
And disco Paris, was all the rage. Led Zeppelin just arrived <laughs> to promote their fourth album. Shit. Hold on. 1792. So I got the seven ah, and the nine. Your little list deck Mixed there. up. Okay. So they think that they went back to August 10th, 1792, not 1972. (laughs) And that was when the palace had been surrounded. The king was killed. And six weeks later, the monarchy ceased to exist. So they believe that they went back to a time like right before their monarchy disappeared. The the, the stench of revolution hung in the air. Yes, which is why they felt so fucking oppressed. They also believed this repulsive man that was sitting by the garden kiosk was a man named, and I'm gonna butcher this, Comte de Baudrillard, who was a friend of Marie Antoinette's. Okay. So they're like, that's that guy. We saw him. Whatever. The women went back to the palace to try to retrace their steps and noticed some of the landmarks from their last visit were missing. They then published their accounts in a 1911 book called An Adventure Under Pseudonyms. So they, well, it's called The Adventure. They were under pseudonyms. I should have added a comma in my notes. (laughs) Um, So this obviously had a lot of scrutiny. People didn't really believe it. There was a lot of things that were kind of off about it. People were also kind of like thrilled by this idea of these two women going back in time. So in 1965, French poet Robert Day, and I'm going to butcher this too, Montesquieu? That actually sounds more accurate than the first one. (laughs) M-O-N-T-E-S-Q-U-I-O-U. Montesquieu? Sure. Yeah. Sounds right. He that sounds published, right. He was, a, he was a poet, and he published a biography where he actually mentions this event that Moberly and Jourdain experienced. And he says, in a period where Moberly and Jourdain visited Versailles, he had an apartment nearby. And he would often hold thematic parties where his friends would dress as characters from other eras. So I read that in one article, and then I went back to another article where they're saying that the women actually went to, the like... Future. <laughs> yes. Um, but they like went to what would be like an event coordinator and was like, were there any parties that day? And they were like, no. But then I read this part and it's saying that this guy lived in an apartment nearby. So I don't know if it was actually like they went down an alley, right? They kind of like veered off their track. So I don't yeah. know if this guy was like part of the main like where the events would be be held but they said there were no parties no events happening that day and there's a bunch of other really weird inconsistencies with like landmarks which is why they may think that they've gone back in time but my thing is that the whole thing about them being lost yeah to me and going down an alley that was not even named in any of the research that I found to me seems like they would be seeing things that a normal tour wouldn't explore yeah you know what I mean so that's kind of where that story ends. But I found it very interesting because that's something that happened a long, long time ago. Yeah. Where in like 1901, that wasn't something that I don't think was like discussed. Like we are discussing it today. Yeah. Like, oh, I mean, we the think time we machine went back wasn't and, written yet. I yeah. I think. So. We think we went back in time. Like that's yeah. crazy. But what I found interesting was their experiences where especially with Jourdain, where she sees these things as almost being, like she said, like a wax museum. Like we would walk into like Madame Sassad's, you know, where she would see things like things didn't have shadows. They didn't seem three-dimensional. They were two-dimensional and like their skin didn't look yeah. Right. Yeah. And everybody, and if this was People looked through them. Yeah. Like they were watching a replay. And let's say this was a party. Do you think you would be seeing people that looked so... 
unhappy. Yeah. Or people like people that would with be, like sores all over their face. Right. Like that would be some heavy makeup for like 1901, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like party. that's some special effects <laughs> yeah, shit. 1901, the guy shows up to a themed party and he's like, <laughs> I got smallpox. My Halloween costume <laughs> this year. Well, that, and that's what was interesting to me is like these people they're seeing, it very well could have just been their realities at that time. It yeah. could have just been a part of that area that was in poverty and things like that. But I found that fascinating because there was such a stark contrast between their tour on the palace and they were kind of like, this is boring. We're going to go off on our own way. And they went and they ended up getting lost and seeing all these other things where I feel like to me, that's a better example of what happened other than there being a party or that they traveled through time. There very well could have been this man who threw parties that were themed, but that seems pretty intense to yeah, me. Yeah, that seems so uh, Stand in this doorway specific. with an old plow and look lifeless to <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, and look miserable. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's pretty extreme. I'm having a theme party, but you can't come to it as anything other than scenery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're, right? You're like, a prop seems, in my theme party. It seems really, really bizarre. Won't you come? So... That's like a, a very, very, very far past example. Well, that's, uh, you know, something we've talked about on the show before. I'm not sure if you've heard any of our like paranormal episodes where I've we talk some. about ghosts, yeah. where we basically, oh, yeah, so we talk about, you know, the possibility that the reason we see all these entities is not that they are dead, but that they're alive. They're just alive in the time that they are alive. Did it's I ever tell you my ghost time. story with my grandma? No. <laughs> All right, so my grandma passed away when I was 12. Actually, I wear her wedding band. I've worn it since I was 12 years old when she passed. I was the first granddaughter in like 30-some years. It was all boys. So she had dementia. She was blind. She was deaf. So while I was alive, we didn't really have much of a relationship except for like a very strong spiritual connection. So anyways, she lived in a nursing home for the last like year, year and a half of her life. And when it was seen that her time was up, they brought her back to my Aunt Margaret's house and put her in her old bedroom and everything like that. And she passed away. All of her all of her children surrounding her very peacefully. Best way to go. Best way to go. And um, so after my grandma dies, there's really no reason for my aunt to keep the house. Her kids are all grown. They've moved out. One of my cousins lives in Korea now. It's a whole thing. So they sell the house. And they sell it to this family that has a young son, possibly more, but I know about this one boy. So they move in, and this boy starts um, saying very strange things. Like, he's at the breakfast table, and they ask him how he slept, and he goes, oh, I had a really bad nightmare, but the nice old lady told me it was okay. Like, weird things like that. And they started noticing that candles they had lit would go out randomly, and they would start smelling this like very heavy perfume smell that was very unfamiliar to them like it was an old perfume kind of smell and so after this has happened for a while they call my aunt who had previously owned the house and they're like we're gonna sound like crazy people but would your mother have done xyz or like we're experiencing xyz and then my aunt who is like she should have been a nun like if this is not getting too graphic, she's never seen her husband's penis. She's never French kissed her husband. And they had they had three kids together via sexual intercourse, and they adopted two. Wow. So, yeah, crazy. So my very, very, very Catholic aunt is like, this is her spirit. 
And they actually like called a psychic and had like a seance, all of the siblings telling my grandma to go back. And this medium saw my grandfather standing by this plane and my cousin is a pilot. And it was like a very specific type of plane that he really enjoyed being with with my cousin and all that kind of stuff. So they had this seance telling my grandma to go to the other side. But what I love is that this little boy who had a history of really bad nightmares, he wasn't scared. He wasn't like shocked. There was just this calming old woman that would sit and like hold his hand and be with him. Yeah, and be like, he fell back to sleep. That's so sweet. You can cut that out and leave it for another time. No, that's a great story. So... That's my grandma, and that is the Moberly Jourdain incident. <laughs> so, what that sentence? What? So, that's my grandma, and that's the. <laughs> that's Hildy. <laughs> Hildy's gonna be Hildy, you know? She's gonna do her thing. So, next, I'm gonna talk about someone named Noah. And I feel like if you're gonna know about any of these, you're gonna know about Noah. Do you know about Noah? You're looking at each other like you might know. We're okay. watching a show right now about time travel, and there's a character that is titular, and his name is Noah, which is why we went. It could be based off of this. I don't know. Maybe. Tell me the story. So, a man named Noah, which is not his real name, claims to be from the future, 2030 to be exact, which I'm like, oh. that's not very far in the future. Yeah. And he arrived in our time. He decided that this YouTube channel called the Paranoid Elite Channel was his, like, chosen platform for telling <laughs> the world of his travels <laughs> of you know his travels. so he also he changed he changed his name but he also insisted that his face was blurred that his voice was distorted to hide from these alleged assassins who would kill him for telling the truth this guy so he spoke to stable. the sun the news outlet in the uk saying okay. My natural time is the year 2030. That is the year my friends and family are in. Simply put, I was fired from my job during a mission in 2017, which is why I am now stuck in 2019. So it sounds like he was living in the year 2030. They sent him back to 2017, which I'm like, go to right before Trump was elected in 2016. That makes way more sense to me. Yeah. And what he, are you documenting? Yeah, right. And he ended up... You know, he was fired during that year, and now he's stuck. They're like, we're not going to send you back to 2030. So skeptics have suggested that many of his claims have been inspired by movies such as Back to the Future. Okay. Noah says he was a high school student when he learned from the government agents that (laughs) that time travel was real. Because government agents want high school students. Yeah. If if they want anyone to, like, be responsible for all of humanity, they want it to be high school students. Who can we trust with this? Oh, like a fucking 15-year-old. Great. Um, He was allegedly recruited into a top-secret program and went on to have a successful career as a full-time traveler. By 2030. Noah says that he does have family in 2019, but they wouldn't recognize his future self. His future self is 11 years older. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) He's like, Like, I've lived in LA for like nine years, and if I were to go home and see my family, they'd be like, oh, it's Maddie. Like, it wouldn't be (laughs) that weird. But he's saying they wouldn't (laughs) recognize his future self, and meeting with them could spark a chain reaction, which could change the course of the future and destroy time itself. Well, more than anything, what would really be the problem is that. Wait, hold on. It's 2019. Okay, yeah. So, wait, when did he get sent back? 2030? 
So he, he is, is from 2030. Right. He got fired in 2017. So he's now living on our timeline. Right. But he's also the younger version of himself is also on this timeline with his yes. family. Yes. So that would be the bigger reason why you couldn't see your family. Right. Right. Noah. Noah. <laughs> Well, in fact, he says his 2019 version of himself exists and is in middle school. Oh. So. There you have it. There you have it. Mystery he, <laughs> Noah tries to prove his story by getting an x-ray of his hand, which he says shows a device that was implanted in his hand to help him travel. Okay. He says it was implanted before I went back in time via a surgical procedure. It was painless, and that device actually helps in transporting all the atoms within my body. I'm not a scientist, so I don't know all the details. I'm sorry. You're not a scientist. <laughs> Why? Why did they choose you then? Yeah. Noah. They're just going to put something in your hand and be like, good luck. Good luck, buddy. No training involved. Sending you back to 2017. Maybe they sent him back because they know that he's such an idiot. He's not going to be able to explain any part yeah, of he's it. Like, like, I don't know. They put a chip in my hand and uh, sent me back. A derp, a derp. My family wouldn't recognize me. <laughs> and so, they're like, this guy's perfect. I know, right? <laughs> You're like, hired. He's a dum-dum and we love him. I'm now convinced that this guy is from the future. <laughs> yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And he responds to those who don't believe his claims by saying, I don't blame you. Simple as that. Here's the thing. I don't not trying you. to argue it. Yeah, just I'm not like, a scientist. Well, so I don't know. <laughs> it is know? what a person would say. Exactly. I, be- I believe this guy. You know what? I'm certain. I don't blame you. <laughs> You're so, winning me over, Noah. <laughs> but Noah is not alone. He is just one story of many on YouTube that show their own quote unquote proof of time travel. If you go down this rabbit hole, you will go far. Unfortunately, I didn't have time to go down this rabbit hole or else I totally would have, but I saw a lot of like stills from clips of people, again, name changes, blurred faces, distorted voices, things like that. So most of them prove to, or choose to be anonymous because right. the assassins, obviously. Because the assassins. Right. There's also uh, Reddit threads where people claim to For be sure. from the future and they say, like, ask me any questions you have. And in fact, I found I'm going to get one. back on that shit. Do- oh, really? Uh-huh. Then qu- end. Okay. Well, I don't know if it's Reddit for sure, but it's like a message board. Okay. So it could it very be. well be Reddit. Okay. So there's another clip of a man who shows a slightly crumpled, smudged photo of what apparently is from the year 6,000. To explain the state of the photo. You uh, really think we have paper photos in 6,000? That's what I said. We don't have have paper. We don't have it now. We're out out, way beyond being out of timber (laughs) in the year 6,000. No one uses prints anymore. (laughs) Uh, Took a ship to the year 6,000. No Jonas Brothers fans? Fine. Okay. When I was little, because of my bad hearing, I thought it said I took a shit to the year 3,000. That's a big shit. Which made the song... Took a shit so big, so I opened up a portal to the year 6,000. <laughs> fell right in. We've all been there. My dad was like, would you fall in in there? And I did. And I did. And I went to, to the, the year 3,000. So to explain the state of the photo, he says, that is because in the time travel process, pictures tend to get distorted as well as many other things. Some people actually have parts of their body distorted by the time travel process, which is what Joe spoke about, where if time travel existed, how we would basically combust so partially true in what he's saying but also there's a lot of bullshit in there we don't know you know 
And like we said, he could, yeah. Who? No one use uses film cameras guy, now. Guy shows up with a Polaroid, right? Like, <laughs> From the year six thousand, right? Like we no. use, like I have like an Instax camera where I'll take like those little photos, but I don't use it very often. And some people are like, I'm gonna carry around like old disposable cameras, and that's great. But like that's not something you have on you all the time. No. Why would there be a print photo of a city in the year six thousand? So with this, with this photo, it, can you? Can you discern anything, any figures, any people, any locations? This photo, from what I saw, literally looks like if you were to be in like a low-riding helicopter over Chicago and take a picture and dunk it in water and let it sit for a long time and it's smudged. It looks like a city. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like it doesn't look like anything futuristic how we would imagine it, it doesn't look like pick, anything can't pick anything out can't single anything not out. from what i saw in the photo maybe he'd be able to tell me oh that right there is that and that right there is that but to me looking at the photo it looked like anybody who takes some sort of aerial shot right you know what i mean it doesn't look like and it's very smudged like it's very like you can't really decipher what you're looking at Seems legit. So this guy also claims that in the year 6000, we download our brains to computers so we can live forever. Who's a Friends fan in here? Friends? Yeah. So you know when there's, when Ross tells Joey's hot roommate the whole thing where he's like, so in the future, we can actually download our thoughts and histories to a computer and live forever as yeah. a machine. That's basically when I read that, I was like, that's what it sounds <laughs> I like. I thought of San Junipero. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's immediately what I thought of. Like, instead of dying, episode. you can... Download your conscious download yeah, your you, con- live, hard drive. you live forever by being downloaded to a computer, which actually I'm, like, kind of down for. So, the next person I'm going to talk about is actually what you had kind of mentioned about the message threads and yeah. things like that, the Reddit. In, a 1990, in 1998, a radio host of a popular science fiction show got a fax from an American soldier who claimed to have detailed knowledge of time travel. In November 2000, the same soldier logged onto a message board. So probably before Reddit in 2000, right? Yeah. Mm, yeah. He participated in different threads, engaging in conversation about time machines. He says he knows the mechanics of time machines because he is from the year 2036. Wait, what was that guy? 2030. 2030. That's crazy. Okay, so I just like put that together now. According to John Titer's post, which, by the way, if you oh, look I, up, I know his name. That's yeah. what I'm saying. If you look at, if you Google people who have traveled through time, He's John like Titer is one, one of the first people that's going to yeah. show up. So he says he was an American military man based in Tampa, Florida, working for the government as part of a time travel initiative. He claimed he was selected due to his uh, paternal heritage. His father worked for IBM in the 70s and worked to create the IBM 5100, an early computer model. He says that in the year 2036, he was selected to go back to 1975 and obtain an IBM 5100, which would help future scientists in decoding a computer program. Which... Would the most plausible explanation I've heard so far. Right? Far it enough. would if you think of like the Terminator, like the causal loop where it's like, yeah, he was sent back to 19 se- or 19 whatever and 1975. He's always been sent back to 1975. Right. Okay. All you right. I mean? so We've John- always needed it. John Titer, we're on your team so far. <laughs> so far, we're good. So far, so far. All right. 
His reasons for stopping in 2000, however, which I don't really understand what, how he got to the year 2000 in this. In what I read, it didn't really explain it. He says the reason he stopped in 2000 were personal reasons. He wanted to get pictures and speak to family members. He also wanted to serve a warning. Dun, dun, dun. Which, first of all, if you were hired to time travel and you were like, I'm going to make a personal visit and talk to some family members, wouldn't that be, like, totally off limits? Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. Like, in this universe where Would this he, exists? Is he visiting family in a different time? Or did, yes. was he taking he time off? He went to the year 2000 to speak to family oh. members. Oh. Mm. That's what I'm saying. Like, that seems fishy to me. Yeah, that doesn't so, seem right. He's got this warning. Titer described a second civil war in the U.S. that would result in fracturing our country into five autonomous regions. Thank God. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. Let's, let's just get that over with. <laughs> so Washington, D.C. and Jacksonville, Florida, of all places, would be targeted and taken out by the enemy. They're like, you know what? D.C., that makes sense. But you know what? Fuck it. Jacksonville, also Florida, Florida. Too. Fuck them. They've got meth gators. We got to get them. We got to get them meth gators. So that would leave Omaha, Nebraska as the new U.S. capital. Um, Ladies and gentlemen. So the war would begin in 2004 and end in 2015 with a brief but Mm. intense World War III, which would lead to the destruction of global environment and infrastructure. Okay, well, maybe maybe it's a Terminator 2 situation where we just pushed it back. Maybe. He also warned... dates don't add up. Yeah, right? Mm. Just saying. Maybe it's still to come. Mm -hmm. He also warned other forum posters about the threat of, and I'm going to say this wrong, Kreutzfeldt... Jacob disease. That sounds right. Okay. A fatal incurable. What the fuck did I write? (laughs) Prion disease? Prion? Whatever. It's an incurable disease that causes rapid degeneration of the nervous system and is transmitted through beef products. Oh, shit. So he's a fucking vegan. Yeah. No, yeah. He's a time traveling vegan. You guys aren't vegans, right? No. Okay, you paused and I got really scared. Okay. Negative. I have nothing against Actually, vegans. I am. Speaking of <laughs> and Stan- I am I am hurt. So John Titer also confirmed the Everett Wheeler model of quantum physics, also known as the many worlds theory. He says there are, in fact, multiple timelines and scenarios, all of which happened in the past. Did you read about that at all? I did not. Did you read about that at uh-uh, all? I don't I didn't recognize that but it, but it would serve as, depending on how you look at it, either a good explanation or a good a or a good out clause for why anything that you say is going to happen doesn't right. happen. True. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because you could be like, be really oh, well, well, on my timeline. Time yeah. In my exactly. timeline, there's a big civil war and Omaha winds up the capital. And right. it's like, oh, my timeline, everybody's, you know, dick is made out of cheese. You could just that make sounds up whatever great. you want. That you sounds know? fantastic. <laughs> yeah. They would certainly change blowjobs. Blowjobs would go through the roof. Yeah, I mean, but, but you'd be biting dicks off. Would that still go? Depends. Are, is there feeling in your cheese dick? <laughs> I need real answers here, Joe. Real I don't answers know. Ask, for ask, real uh, ask, ask, ask time John. Then, Jones here. But then, if if you had a cheese dick, <laughs> for the record, there is a real thing. The cheese dick is a real thing. Yeah, but it's an that. STD. So it's not, it's not an STD. It's, it's po- just it's poor hygiene. Yeah, it's just oh, a real okay. stanky penis. Ugh, God. Uh, it's so, refer- referred to as schmegma. 
Oh, God. Oh, I hate that word. All right. I hate that word. I had to explain that word to my mom when she was visiting once, and it was really hilarious. That's a bad one. Um, That's a bad one. So, let's say in a universe where there are cheese dicks. Yeah. Let's talk more about if this. If there was no feeling in their cheese dicks, <laughs> Could then you why would them? they want a blowjob to begin with? Oh, true. There has to be, there has to be feeling. Yeah. Well, it's actually, it's a very dangerous thing to have a cheese dick. Well, I because I would eat it. Now that I think if, of it. If there was a cheese Ants. dick... If there was a cheese stick made of like a really good brie, oh and fuck! I could sprinkle Let me tell you something. Like if if dicks jam. were made out of cheese, I'd be gay. Yeah. <laughs> like, simple as that. If I could put some fake jam on there and just go to town, yes. I would have honey, to bite it. Drizzle honey, some, some chutney, chutney, yeah, a nice charcuterie board, <laughs> a nice charcuterie oh board. My God. With a dick Slap that a dick on my board. board. Yeah, lay I mean, under here. Some dicks would be bitten off. I'm just saying, <laughs> men wouldn't have dicks for very long. Anywho's what else? are we talking about? <laughs> so anyway, multiple multiple dimensions, multiple timelines. Yes. Cheese dicks, etc. Unraveling John Titer. His validity was called to question when it was revealed that no record of anyone named John Titer or his family ever existed. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, he was lying. Oh, oh wait man. a minute. Aww. Well, this was. Uh, I was looking forward to Civil War. Twenty thirty six, though, right? What? Twenty thirty six is when he came from. Yes. So technically, he could have just been born. We don't know. It didn't say how old he was when he time traveled, did it? Well, he goes back to the year twenty. He goes back to the year two thousand. Oh, see I see. Right, 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 right. So yeah. okay. with that, they would know whether or not there was true. family to go back to. True, true, true. Aha. So. Obviously, his predictions are also wrong, even though he has some sort of explanation to it. There was no civil war or unrest in the 2004 election. So he was saying, like, the the 2004 election would be, like, a catalyst. You know, people, I was not happy when George Bush was elected at the age of 12. (laughs) But but there also wasn't, like, this upheaval, even close to what there was when Trump was elected. You know what I mean? And that even wouldn't necessarily be considered. Yeah. You know? So people also began to draw parallels from his predictions to time travel movies because, of course, Mm -hmm. in one post, he mentions a 1967 Chevrolet Corvette as being his time machine, which... Stingray, baby. Which mirrored... The DeLorean. His theories about computer panic in the future strike similarities to the Y2K panic. I'm sorry. When I was speaking, Siri started listening, and that always creeps me out, especially when we're talking about shit like this. It's like when you use an NSA buzzword, and all of the electronic devices in your home go, (laughs) excuse me? Can you give me a buzzword? Uh, Like dirty bomb? Dirty bomb. Dirty bomb, dirty bomb, dirty bomb. (laughs) Nope, didn't do anything. I'll keep trying it though. Keep to, trying. Like, to like go to edit this episode and it's like the file cannot be detected. Yeah. <laughs> it's waiting. It's waiting just to piss just you waiting. off. So his theories about computer panic very much mirror the Y2K panic. Yeah. So he says he's going back to the year 2000. That was when a lot of the Y2K stuff was happening. That was also the first night I ever got drunk. Really? Yeah. December 31st, 1999, that baby. That shows our age. How old are you? 14. No, how old are you now? Oh, 34. Okay. (laughs) 14. Yeah. Believe it or not. You're living a great life for a 14-year-old here. Yeah, I know. Oh, man. Don't don't I know it. I was like third grade, I think. I remember making a time capsule for the millennium from Old Navy. I 
made sure we had plenty of canned food because I just knew this was the end. Of course you did. (laughs) No, I remember that day. I don't mean to get off topic too vividly, but I I remember that day very, very, very well. I was very excited. I knew what was in store for me by the end of that night. Just me and three of my good buddies. And uh, drunk. We were going to we were all going to get drunk for the first time together in my friend's basement. And I also remember that earlier that day uh, on compact disc, I purchased Earth, Wind and Fire Greatest Hits. So that was a great day. <laughs> Joe. And then and if then, that was the end of the world, you're going out for the bang. And then and then proceeded later on that night to be like, hey, you guys know a band called Earth, Wind and Fire? And my friends were like, no. And I was like, well, let me tell you, <laughs> these guys are so funky. We're going to we're, we're have to light a match up in this bitch. I thought I loved you at the maximum, Joe. <laughs> it exponentially grew. I can't. A, fo- a 14 year old right being now. like, oh boy, going to get drunk for the first time. But first, yes. I have to go buy an Earth, Wind, and Fire CD. <laughs> you, I was the weirdest kid ever. If Joe were a female, Joe would be Madigan. And I love it so much. Yeah. So, Titer claims his mission was to create a timeline in which the Second Civil War and World War III didn't happen. And the reason no one had heard of these wars is because he was successful. Oh, well. Thanks, John. Thank you, John. There you go, John. Here's but the thing. Also, but when you talked about the paradox of killing Hitler, uh-huh. wouldn't that be, I feel like that would be frowned upon for him to uh, to stop this war. Wouldn't that have to happen for the future of our humanity? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes, but at the same time, you got to come at this angle from that of like uh, either a career military person or someone whose uh, entire life and but identity revolves like around it. national security. So these aren't like physicists who are making these decisions. These are it's like war hardened asshole, you know, like 60 year old generals who are like, I don't give a damn. Yeah. Don't give me that science bullshit. Kill right. them. So, so that global warming isn't real. So that checks out. It's just the rest of it. That, <laughs> that, that doesn't check Wind out. turbines kill American eagles. I've seen them. I've, seen the, I've seen the piles. I've seen the piles of eagles. You guys. Do you remember that? I love you guys. No, I don't. <gasps> Donald Trump just said that like a couple months ago. He said that wind turbines, around the time he said that yes. they caused cancer, he yes. said they also kill American eagles yes. and that he's seen the piles of yes. them. Yes. And also, uh, what, fuck, what was it when he said, oh, when he was talking about the Revolutionary War, he mentioned airports. Yeah. <laughs> You're too far from the mic, Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I remember. Oh, oh, you guys are never leaving your apartment. I live here now. (laughs) Have you guys ever heard of a man named Andrew J. Basagio? Basiago. No. No. No? Andrew J. Asiago. Basiago. Does he have... Does he have a cheese dick? <laughs> he does, in fact, Ozzy have a like cheese Ozzy-Ago. dick. So he was one of Trump's would-be rivals in the oh. 2016 election. He has a crazy story of time travel and teleportation to Mars. He claims to have served in two U.S. defense projects where time travel on Earth and voyages to Mars were first undertaken. <gasps> Yeah. I've heard of this. You have okay, Not good. him, not him, but I've heard of these experiments. Got it. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you more about Andy here. So Andy claims to have visited both the past and the future where he delivered dire messages to deceased presidents and gained intel from our future government. He was allegedly part of a CIA time travel program called Project Pegasus and says to have knowledge that will save humanity. With this, I have 
two comments slash questions. One, if you have life-saving information, fucking tell us. Yeah. Why are you teasing it? Fucking tell us if you're going to save our lives. Yeah. Right? Number two, isn't the CIA kind of like Fight Club? Yeah, you don't talk about Fight Club? You don't talk about the CIA. Mm-hmm. Not until right? you're out. Yeah. What? Not until you're out. And right. Like, when I was you're in the out. CIA, and then people would be like, what'd you work on? You could be like, that's classified. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, like, I feel I like if you're part of the it. CIA, like you just like don't talk about that shit. So I'm going to talk about DARPA Project Pegasus. According to Basiago, between 1962 and 1972, the U.S. government ran a clandestine operation called Project Pegasus. This led to to successful development of a number of highly advanced technologies allowing for teleportation, physical time travel, and holographic time travel. The program was run by CIA and DARPA and was used to contact former presidents and teleport to Mars and maintain a report with extraterrestrials. Basiago says that he, I'm going to call him Andy from now on because his last name really bothers me. So Andy says, says. (laughs) what? Cheese Dick says. Cheese Dick says (laughs) that he was chosen as a child from a group of gifted children to become a time traveling liaison who would go to meet historical and future dignitaries as well as aliens, which is aliens the correct word or what I always say extraterrestrials. You can say aliens. Okay. Because I feel like aliens can mean many things these days. Yeah. You know? In this context, E.T. He says his father worked for the Ralph M. Parsons Engineering Corporation, which helped develop the technology of time travel. On his first jump, he said his father had already been time traveling for years in New Jersey at the Curtis Wright Corporation. Andy says this was where he was exposed to the portal he would use later in life. Let's talk about this portal. Yeah. So his dad had access to a portal that yeah. could have taken him anywhere, and yet he continued to choose to live in New Jersey. <laughs> is, that, is that what I'm? Is that what I'm to glean? As an East Coaster, I so appreciate <laughs> from, that you said that. I'm not an East Coaster, but you being an East Coaster. Yeah, well, I've got family in New and Jersey, me having and had they a don't long like relationship <laughs> with a New Yorker. I appreciate that yeah. statement. So he describes his portal as being two parentheses-shaped booms that stood eight feet tall and spaced about ten feet apart. The computer configuration was rudimentary and plugged into the wall with a power cord, which he always thought was kind of like old school. It's just yeah. like plugged into the wall. Yeah, it's just regular Like outlet. a refrigerator. Like a toaster yeah. refrigerator, right? Yeah. So when activated the machine... Runs on AC power. Yeah, Yeah. right, exactly. When activated, the machine created a, quote, portal tunnel from radiant energy discovered by Nikola Tesla, discovered by the government in 1943 posthumously. That energy is put into a, quote, plasma confinement chamber. They did take all of Tesla's... That part is true. Documents. Well, yes. After he died. Loosely based, in fact, sure. (laughs) Uh, That energy was put into a, quote, plasma confinement chamber, which the jumper enters before being transported, which sounds to me like every time-traveling TV show and movie I've ever seen. Yeah. So he claims to have jumped to witness the Gettysburg Address. Well. Because why not? He also claims that he went back to Washington's tent during the Revolutionary War and even to the time of Jesus. Jesus? Jesus! So this guy met Jesus and has been to Mars. Yeah. 
And he didn't win the election? Right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's weird. So It he, seems like that would really play today. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Just where you don't actually have to say anything no, factual. It just Jesus seems like the more... Mars. It's like, I've, been, I've met Jesus, and I've been to Mars, and I can tell you, I know how to get us back on track. I Here's feel like that would really play. Presidential yeah. badge, yeah. all that stuff. <laughs> so he says the government wanted to confirm the events of these historical moments of these three figures. So they were like, we want to fact check. So we're going to send you back in time and make sure that these things that we think we know are true are actually true. He also, it kind of sounds like religious propaganda a little bit too with the whole Jesus thing. Yeah. But he also traveled to the year 2045 where he transported to a building made of emerald. Or maybe he saw the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, maybe he saw the Maybe he took mushrooms. He ate some mushrooms. And saw the Wizard of Oz. Watched the Wizard of Oz and was like, I've been there. Fun fact, (laughs) I know everything about the Wizard of Oz. Give me all your Wizard of Oz questions. And he said they were made of emerald and tungsten steel, which is a good choice. Yeah, no, that sounds like a beautiful building. That's a good steel. It's a good steel. It's a good steel. Good steel. That checks out. That's what I'd use. Go away. (laughs) (laughs) He was given a small canister of microfilm to be brought back to the 70s, which contained information of every historical event up till then. But, like, why a a canister of microfilm? Like, that just seems very old-fashioned. But maybe they didn't know what the technology would be. Well, and also you could think, like, maybe time travel-wise, maybe we can't take electronics with us. So we True. have to th- take things like paper or that would explain film. The that would, photo. yeah, that wouldn't make sense. I mean, it doesn't. But like, let's pretend. If we're maybe maybe that, a machine is too complicated, right, right. but a piece of paper is not. So he claimed that President Obama also was part of this program, and this for me is where as I'm a child, like, right? You full of shit. He says that he went by the name Barry Sotero, which we've all heard. And the White House actually, it got so big and publicized that the White House, like, denied the claim. They were like, this is not true. So he he claims that Obama, like I said, went by the name Barry Sotero and was originally teleported to Mars at age 19. So Obama's been to Mars. He was he sent, can do anything. Yeah, and he was sent to communicate with Martian animals and extraterrestrials and claims that he has, or maybe this is cheese dick. Cheese Dick might be claiming this. Yeah, I feel like Obama's like, no. Nah. That, well, <laughs> I've been here no, he could be claiming this about oh, Obama. Right. That's what I'm saying. Okay, yes. Uh, and claims he has photographic evidence of intelligent life on Mars. So let's go to 2016. He didn't make it on the ballot in 2016, but claims that sometime between now and 2028, he will be elected president or vice president because of what the future government has told him. Um, he. And it was also given to him via the CIA. Okay. He didn't get his name on the ballot in 2016 because he says it would have cost $5 million and he couldn't come up with the money. Which wouldn't you think that like the CIA or like your future buddies would have helped you out a little bit with the cost of becoming president? Right? Yeah. If that was like in the cards. I mean, maybe they just thought like you need more time to to solidify your crazy Maybe. Before we could put you on. Cheese yeah, I mean, with all that time traveling, why yeah. wouldn't you just go back in time and make an investment? Right? I mean, like, Cheese Dick. Just go set up a nice Roth IRA for yourself prepared. in 1940. Yeah. 
So his platform was an independent writing candidate and included declassifying and revealing all technology related to quantum and transportation and America's history of time travel technology. Although he says making time travel to all American citizens would make things far too chaotic, he believes everyone should have access to teleportation. So he has my vote. Yeah, I would 100. You know how much I hate flying and taking Ubers. Yeah. If I could teleport. As long as it's not a fly scenario, I'm down. Yeah, like it become Brundlefly. So far, his like whole campaign sounds like a great idea. To yeah, me. I'm down. So Andy also wants all living former presidents to come forward and admit that they were given previous knowledge of their destinies. So he's saying that like all previous presidents have gone through this experience. That's why he's gone through the experience. And he wants them all to come forward and talk about the aliens and the time travel and the this and that and the other thing and just come clean. Which, I mean, hey, if it's true, Don't I, would, I would appreciate it, right? Like, just be just be honest. That would actually kind of sort of explain Trump a little bit. Like, as a youngster going through this program, he's kind of like, you know, a little cocky. He's got too much of his daddy's money. But, like, they didn't know he would grow up to be Gary Busey. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't know when he was a kid. And then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, no. No. What happened? Something happened. There was a head injury. There's no way that he actually knows this shit, though. Like, I feel like Mike Pence knows this shit. And they're like, we're keeping it from Trump. Yeah, we can't can't tell him. He also says that the use of atomic weapons creates a tear in the fabric of space time. Oh, good. So that I believe. In conclusion, Vote Cheese Dick 2020. <laughs> cheese Dick 2020. Cheese Dick 2020. And those are all of my stories I have for you. I love it. I mean, I believe every single one of them. Right? Exactly. And I found it interesting having not really done a lot of research before about what what Ashley or Joe said and going into this just like reading their stories and kind of creating my own like ideas of where the inconsistencies lie and then hearing the science behind it and then like reading it. <laughs> fresh to you guys being like wait a second hold on (laughs) hold on um Um, yeah project pegasus though just like before we wrap it up project pegasus is an actual like uh, conspiracy theory that it's something that exists right and not necessarily all the things with like the future and past presidents and all that stuff but the fact that they take gifted children who who exhibit signs of like being able to perform like telekinesis mm-hmm. um, and, and things like that. They take g- these gifted children for future projects. I mean, that would make sense if if we had a government agency that believed in those things. Yeah. I mean, you we did I mean? at one point. In yeah. the 70s, we had MK Ultra. We yeah. had all the, the tests with Yuri Geller. Like, right. we had those things happening. Right. Um, so Project Pegasus is basically like just another one of those things that's like maybe it's fake or maybe in 15 years we get a bunch of declassified documents that's like hey project pegasus yeah we took these kids which i don't see any harm in i mean i think anytime you can use these people who are gifted yeah no matter what the field and use it for information and as long as 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 they're willing and ethical yeah as long as it's ethical they are willing and you know you're not holding anyone against their will or using it for something bad right 
that I think like having so like more MK information Ultra, is not gonna hurt. Right. MK exactly. Ultra was one of those things where it's like, yeah, of course, like study the effects of acid on the brain and LSD, but like but don't unwill unknowingly give it to people. Yeah. Well, the purpose of all of these tests is is not, it's not for scientific research. It's to weaponize it. True. It's to yeah. learn how to use you know LSD to dose an entire room full of Soviet military officials so that you can swoop in and steal their documents and kill them while they're you know writhing on the floor and trying to escape the dragon in the room or yeah. to create the greatest music ever created which is from the Beatles or that exactly you know what I'm saying that's where we'll end it mm-hmm. yeah that's it that's a good part po- the a love good of the Beatles the, we'll stop at the Beatles <laughs> always and forever well that's all the time we have this week for keep it weird thank you so much Madigan for joining us and coming Thank on the you, show. Ashley. Finally. You guys need to follow uh, your Instagram and your Twitter is at Angry Neighborhood Feminist, correct? Yes. Well, our Twitter is actually at Yamp Podcast, <laughs> which sounds awful. So, Yamp. Ever- Yamp. So, when we close our show, we're always like, follow us on Twitter at Yamp Podcast. And then we harmonize going, Y-A-N-F podcast <laughs> because Twitter is a piece of shit and won't let us actually have any part of our name in the title. It's too long. Ah, so okay. It's I was like, Yamp why? Podcast. And we're horrible at Twitter. We're getting better. Oh, gosh. We, uh, we are, too. It's But, fine. like, Instagram is where it's at. That's mm-hmm. where all the shit goes down. Get into the comment section. We actually have, like, we're, we have a growing Facebook group a bit as well. Um, where you can kind of discuss things with other people. We have a few a few listeners who are very, very active, which we really appreciate, and we want that to grow a little bit and have people yeah. communicate with each other. Us too. Yeah. We love our active listeners. They're great. <laughs> we love it. Um, and you guys can follow us, of course, on social media at Keep It Weird Cast across all platforms and check out our Patreon at, first of all, what am I doing? I have to think today's co-host as well <gasps> yes. mr joey oaks i wasn't i was i'm, I'm just here <laughs> i'm just here I'm just he just lives here. you don't have to thank me <laughs> he just lives here. i'm just here i know but you did such a good job today you and you did such job, amazing Why, research and we're just really appreciative that you joined us if you well, can teach a dumb-dumb like me about science you've done a great thing well, you did a good I, job thank you it's it's, <laughs> it's always a pleasure thank you joey <laughs> Check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash keepitweirdpodcast if you want to donate to the show and get newsletters and bonus episodes. Check out our Etsy page at www.etsy.com slash shop slash keepitweirdpodcast if you want to rock some sweet merch. <gasps> Tune in next week. Mr. Billy from our Vampires episode will be returning and this time we'll be howling at the moon because we're chatting about werewolves. <gasps> I'm so excited. <laughs> and you don't want to miss his sweet southern dialect. So thank you guys so much for listening to the show. Madigan, what's our sign-off this week? All right. Because Cheese Dick is on the mind. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Cheese Dick is part of the closing. If you're going to time travel into the future where Cheese Dicks (laughs) exist, remember to bring plenty of salami, fig jam, grapes, apples, and anything else you may want with your charcuterie board. Olives. Olives. I don't like olives, so I'm going to say olives. And most important of all... Bring your appetite. Bring your appetite, <laughs> weirdos. Bring that appetite, weirdos. Chomp, when you chomp. travel to the chomp, future. Chomp. Eat all the cheese sticks you want. <laughs> and uh, keep it weird. 